Because what if I don't have the right education? Or what if I don't know what to say? Or what if I don't feel equipped for this? But what if I can't hear the Holy Spirit? And what if I'm just too busy? Or what if I, I'm just going to get burnt out and I, I'm in this for so long? And what if? When God called Moses, what did he do? He was like, nah, God, it ain't me. He was like, you've got the wrong person. I can't, like, people are not going to believe me. You have, to, you have to prove to the people. And God proves it to him. And then he's like, yeah, but I can't even speak in public spaces. I stutter. And God's like, I will bring you someone to speak for you. And Moses is like, mm, I still can't. And God's like, no, I'm calling you Moses because you have to become dependent on me. Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Um, good evening, everyone, and I just want to extend a warm welcome to each and every one of you for coming to Praxis Night Church. I know you could be anywhere else in this entire world, and you chose to be here tonight, and so I just want to say welcome and thank you for joining us. Um, you guys look great. Can you turn to the person next to you and be like, you look great? Yeah, and turn to the other person you just ignored and be like, I'm so glad that you're here tonight. I love it. I love it. Well, friends, I am so honored to be up here tonight to finish off my two-part series on the Holy Spirit. It is definitely a really big chunk of information that I decided to pick, and so we have a lot to go through. Um, today, I know that Philip just talked about this, but this morning I woke up to some news that happened in the Supreme Court today. And I wanted to just scrap everything that I had written for today and talk about that. But I know that there are a lot of people who have opinions about this. And I want to thank Philip for speaking up on this, that we are ultimately a sisterhood and a brotherhood in Christ, and that the Christian love can be extended wherever we are. And I also want to say this. If you came in here feeling afraid, know that the Holy Spirit is our counselor and our comforter. If you came in here feeling confused, know that the Holy Spirit is a guide like a compass or a GPS to bring you to a place of peace, of understanding and knowledge. And know that whichever place you stand on, that God's redemptive plan is in it for all, that we love you and we care for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this beautiful Friday night that we can come together to rest, that we can come together to worship, that we can come together to know you a little bit more. 
I pray tonight for peace and for understanding and for knowledge and that the Holy Spirit will guide. I thank you for this place of worship to experience God and to love on people and know that we are safe to be ourselves and to be safe around you. Lord, you know our hearts and our minds and I pray that you quiet them and that you bring us to be still. We are yours and you are ours. Use me as a vessel to guide people tonight. In your name we pray, amen. So last week, we discussed a little bit about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is not a force to capture, but someone to know. And I hope that this past week, you've maybe gotten to know the Holy Spirit a little bit better. I mean, maybe it was waking up early and doing a little bit of a devotional, or maybe it was asking God to guide your day so that each extension of interaction that you had could be an extension of God's love to others. I know that for me, it was staying in continual conversation with God. And so what that looks like is I will talk to God out loud by myself. And it looks a little crazy, but I'm okay with looking a little crazy for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So this week, as I prepared for my sermon, I love listening to other sermons for inspiration, along with reading the Bible, reading other commentaries, and one of the sermons I listened to is by Christine Kane, and she is an awesome Australian activist, evangelist, author, international speaker, founder of A21, which is a nonprofit organization to stop human trafficking. She is an incredible person, and she shared a story that really stuck with me this week. It was a story of an eyewitness account of someone who was living in Germany during the time of the Nazi regime. This person considered themselves a Christian. And this person and their church heard about what the Nazis were doing, but they tried to distance themselves from it because what were they do? What would they do to stop any of it? They were just small people in a big world. And they, their church was located near railroad tracks, and every week they would hear trains going by. Week after week, trains would start coming by, and they would hear cries of people coming out. Week after week, they realized that it was the Nazis carrying Jews like cattle in the cars. And week after week, the whistle would blow, and they would dread hearing the sound of the wheels because they knew that they would hear the cries of people that were en route to a death camp, and those screams tormented them. And eventually, the church knew the exact hour and the time of when the trains would pass by, so during those specific hours, the church would sing loudly to drown out the voices of those cries. And if they could hear them crying, they sing all the more loudly until they could hear them no more. The eyewitness account says this, years have passed and no one talks about it anymore, but I still hear that train whistle in my sleep. God forgive me. Forgive all of us who called ourselves Christians yet did nothing to intervene. That's heavy. I mean, what would you have done if you were in those shoes? What would I have done? My hope is that we have done we would have done something impactful. My hope is that the Holy Spirit would have compelled us to do something and my hope is that sort of evil act will never happen again in the history of humanity. And it's hard to say for sure, but 
that is the only thing that we can do is to hope the best for ourselves and for our community. And it made me think, like, what do we do here on Friday nights and even into Saturday mornings that compels us and propels us out into this world, out of these four walls to be the change? Are we simply here to be entertained by music and by the sermon? Or are we here to drown out the voices crying out from outside the church walls so that we can insulate ourselves to eat and to drink and to be merry? And look, I'm not saying that, what we, that we're looking down upon enjoying the good things in life because there is a place for that. But when people see us out in the world, do they say, wow, you gave me help. You provided a place for safety. There has to be a God if there's someone like you, if there's, if there's an organization like this here. And that isn't to make you feel good about yourself, but truly it's to actively partake in the divine and human relationship between you and the power of the Holy Spirit. And to remember and to honor and to know that the Holy Spirit is a person to know. And in knowing the Holy Spirit and knowing the goodness of God in the Spirit, you're compelled to do good in this world. Tonight's text comes from Micah 6, 8. And it says, what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is a classic and beautiful verse. And here Micah is speaking to the Israelites. He's telling the leaders, the Israelite leaders, that there has been exploitation of people. And he's telling the priests and the leaders that what they have done is wrong and they need to get right with God. And the priests and leaders are like, shoot, I messed up. But how can I make this right again? Can I just give you all my finest things? Can I just pay some money and buy back my forgiveness? And God says, let me tell you simply, I want you to act justly, to love mercy and walk humbly with your God. Let's read the verses beforehand. In verse 6, it says, Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Honestly, that sounds delicious. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And Micah says this. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your Lord. And I love what the message version says. And if you haven't read the message version, it is written by the brilliant Eugene Peterson. And I think of it kind of like if you ever read Shakespeare for dummies, like it really breaks down the Bible for you into plain modern day text. And it says, but he's already made it plain how to live, how, what to do, what God is looking for and men and women. And it's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. Isn't that beautiful? God isn't asking for something huge. These people have been exploiting humans. And God isn't asking for a big external gift. 
but an inward change. God is saying, you want to get right with me? Then let me see your heart. Because from there, that's where change comes. It's from within. An Old Testament scholar, William Robertson Smith, says this, the prophet Micah denies that any external forms will make up for the want of spiritual qualities. Micah denies that any external form, so all of these olive oil and sacrifices and whatnot, denies that any of these will make up for the want of spiritual qualities. The sacrifice of the heart is what God demands. But man, convinced of sin, is ready to sacrifice what is dearest to him rather than to give up his own and give himself to God. He's saying, hey, these external gifts and acts will not be enough to change the behavior of the heart. You can gift all of these things, but still exploit and oppress human lives, humans that were created in the image of God, humans that were ordained and that God breathed life into. And God doesn't care so much about the actions of what you are doing if there is no inward work of your heart. Are you doing this because you genuinely want to get right with God? Or is it a show? The Lord requires this, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. What do we need to give up in order to give it all to God? Are we simply putting on a show? Are we walking in here to be comforted with music and a nice sermon and to walk out with nothing more? What are our heart's intentions? I don't know each and every one of you or your stories, but maybe you're a student, maybe you're a working professional, maybe you're a little bit of something in between. I respect all of it. I've been there, all of that. And I know that God has called us into seasons for a good reason, seasons of waiting, seasons of doubt, seasons of clarity. And these seasons are meant to sharpen us, to prepare us, and train us for what is yet to come. And whatever it is that God calls us to do, my hope is that we are ready for the assignment, that God is giving each and every one of us a specific assignment. And in doing so, we learn how to be the best in our craft and skill. Because when we partner and live alongside with the Holy Spirit, we have nothing but the power to do the absolute best. My grandma has always said this, do your best and God will do the best. Yes, very good. Your grandma's probably told you guys that too. And maybe it means to ask God to guide and to compel you and to propel you to do something. Maybe it means that we join a life group that has, a, we actually have a life group that is going to be focused on doing community service in our community. Or maybe it's to go out into the U-Reach outreach ministry and to volunteer with the homeless. Or maybe it means that when you step into this beautiful space at Praxis, your assignment here is to be friendly and to be warm and welcome and to meet a new friend. And I know that when I first came here, I knew nobody. And it was really intimidating. And just having a conversation and making a friend to one person made it the biggest difference. Or maybe it's having a tough conversation with someone about a belief that you don't equally have with them and understanding them on a deeper level. The biggest question is this, in order to act justly, 
Where are the acts of injustice? In a world that is full of injustices and sin, where can I be the most impactful in my community? God, will you show me where I can, sh- where I can share mercy, where I can act justly? God, will you walk alongside me in each step of the way in humility? And how do I get out of my comfort zone? If the Holy Spirit is a guide and a comforter, surely the Holy Spirit will continue to guide me into the unknowns where I'm uncomfortable as well. Because in a world that is full of darkness, of wrongdoings, of evilness, of places that take away choice, There's got to be places that I'm guided to act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with God. What I know is this. Whatever you do, do the absolute best in the assignment that God has given to you. And wherever you go, represent God's love and justice and mercy and humility. Because we need God's people in every single space. If you're a student, this means be honest, be kind, and study really well. If you're a business person, to be honest to your, to your people and to extend kindness and generosity. If you're a healthcare provider, to listen to your coworkers, your staff, and patients, and to be a team player. If you're a teacher, be the absolute best teacher that you can be and exude patience and peace in your classroom. And whatever you do, do your absolute best in the assignment that God has given to you, and he will do the rest. I invite the band to come up right now. But before doing so, I want to deconstruct, and as they come up, I want to deconstruct the fears of the what ifs. Because what if I don't have the right education? Or what if I don't know what to say? Or what if I don't feel equipped for this? But what if I can't hear the Holy Spirit? And what if I'm just too busy? Or what if I, I'm just going to get burnt out and I, I'm in this for so long? And what if? And again and again, we turn to scripture and to understand ourselves. Because I see myself as a character in the Bible. And the more I read the Bible, the more I see myself in every single character. For example, the story of Moses. I know many of us know that. When God called Moses, what did he do? He was like, nah, God, it ain't me. He was like, you've got the wrong person. I can't. Like, people are not going to believe me. You have, to, you have to prove to the people. And God proves it to him. And then he's like, yeah, but I can't even speak in public spaces. I stutter. And God's like, I will bring you someone to speak for you. And Moses is like, mm, I still can't. And God's like, no, I'm calling you Moses because you have to become dependent on me. God gave him the right tools and the right resources. And I believe that that God from the Old Testament is the same God that stands today. That he will provide the right tools and right resources. And that the Holy Spirit is someone to know and someone to guide and someone to comfort and someone to teach. And because of Moses' story and because of Jonah's story, and Gideon, and Abraham, and Sarah, all these people who said, God, I have nothing to give. I have nothing that I can bring to the table. God says, give those things to me. Because when, he, when they heard the call of God, they took the time to think about it. Or maybe they didn't think at all, and they were just like, no. But eventually they did act. 
And through each of those actions, they were a vessel used for God's glory to do good. And he took that assignment, and through it, God was glorified. I think it's human nature almost to run away when God calls you. In fact, I could say that for myself. I remember when some of my friends told me, hey, Kelly, you should be a pastor. And I was like, nah, man, that's not for me. That ain't for me. And I remember wrestling with that for a really long time because I knew that I was ill-equipped. I knew that I deliberately went out of the way to sin against God. Like Friday nights, not me. I was not in church. I was out in the clubs. I was out partying. I was doing everything I could to be away from the church. And God called me to just start talking to people. It's with these small baby steps that the Holy Spirit will call us and that small, still voice will speak and speak and speak. And it is up to us to think about it, to pray about it, to talk to God about it, and to act. Because I know that if we look at these biblical giants in the Bible, and if they acted on how they actually felt, they wouldn't be in the Bible doing all these great things, changing all this history in the Bible, changing lives of people. And in the same way, I know that if I acted on my own will and on my own accord, I wouldn't be here standing today. I know that my mentor once said, that the divine initiative is that God makes the first move and he takes the first step toward us and all we have to do is respond. I know that in my lack of education, my lack of experience, my lack of A and B and C make me nothing but qualified because I am unqualified. And that's the same for you. As a follower and a child of Christ, what is your current role? An assignment. What is it that you are called to do that maybe you don't feel equipped, but that you depend on God to do so that you can glorify Him? I think sometimes we place limitations on ourselves that God has never placed. What are those limitations? God calls us to be the light and the salt in this world, to be dependent on Him and to let Him guide us to wherever we are called to. Our assignment and all of what we do is inward work, which results in outward actions. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Because ultimately, the purpose of light is not to light more lights in an already light space, but to take the light that we have learned, that we have come into here, to learn to turn it on ourselves, and to take that light into this dark world. And my prayer and challenge for you this week is this, to rest in the uncomfortable space that God calls us into, that we take the light of Christ that is in us and that we bring it into others' lives and to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to compel and propel you to go outside of your comfort zone. What we do here at Praxis Ministry, at Anthem, at Loma Linda University Church, does not impact those around us and into our communities, then we are no better 
than those who sing louder to drown out the voices of the people who are crying outside for help. I hope that we can know the Holy Spirit, hear the Holy Spirit, and respond with the Holy Spirit with the power that it contains. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your love, that your love will cover us all, that your love will continue to show us that you want us to simply sit at your feet and be a child of God. And that through that, your Holy Spirit will be a close companion and that your Holy Spirit will guide us to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you. I ask that in the next week that we will pick up maybe something that we've been feeling burdened to do. Or maybe we'll talk to that friend that we're kind of afraid to have that conversation with. Lord, whatever it is, I pray that you give us the strength even when we feel ill-equipped and that you'll continue to guide us and that maybe this week hasn't been the best week. I pray that you be with those who are struggling today, that you give them peace, that you give them comfort and guidance, Lord, and that they may know you. And in your name we pray, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry. And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.